That was usually where I start to talk, and I, I, just, I missed, I missed the drop. You're slipping. I missed the drop, fam. Man, slipping. What do you mean? You're slipping. Know exactly what I said. <laughs> anyway, um, you're locked into Who Got the Juice podcast live right here on New Style Radio, the live stream. Back at it again. Pat, pat, pat. Um, every single last Saturday of the month. Most um, times. Yeah, with me, Rakim Amar. And me. Alia Hasina and also Sarah, Sarah Abbott, but um, she's not here today. But you know, she's she'll here in be spirit. back. Yeah, exactly. Um, and she'll definitely be back with us because uh, we're doing a few special things in the next couple of weeks. We are in the next couple of days. Oh yeah, we oh, may yeah. have a special episode. We may popping into the interwebs. We may. For I don't, all of yes. you guys who don't listen to us to not listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> Do we talk about it? I don't know. Mm, well, well we, this is a good segue. Yeah, we've got a segue. We do. Um, any um, <laughs> Black Panther. So lit, fam. <laughs> I can't even talk about. It. We can't even what, talk about it too much. Like just what kind of in it? There's as much as I love it. I still have a critique of certain elements of it. Okay, I don't like how that sounded. No, like it fills me with joy, but also being critical of some of the storylines and things that have like been brought into it mm. i think it's healthy mm. um i'm still just like joy and just walking around saying wakanda f- forever to everyone yeah everyone's saying this i mean i don't know what that means i mean it's not a real place so um, I-, I don't know if i can join in how dare you i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> how guessed, but it's dare like... you try and say wakanda is not a real place well i have already and... train tickets train do you know who's the one who said that they were going to wakanda <laughs> um r kelly and people, you know what? I might get like Wakanda's clothes. Him anyway. Yeah, I don't know, but um. I might ask for a return ticket then. Wow. Uh, cool. But anyways, uh, I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, I ended up paying for um Black Panther. Th- for three adults, I paid. I paid for three. Tell the people why, Why did you pay three times? I know support black business or well, black business to a certain extent because it's still marble. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, well, black representation. I definitely. think is what you paid for. Yeah, I did. You know, support the ting and that. Hey. Um. So I um I booked it online because I thought, well, this is going to be techy. Um, seats going to be packed out, everything. Make sure I have to be on job. You know what I'm So I booked it ahead of time. Me and my bro and um. Rushed to the cinema, literally rushed from a different city, from uni. Got here, boom, outside of the um, actual cinema. And then turns out that wasn't the cinema, it had moved many years before. Many, many years, many years. So I had a. Why did you go to a cinema you don't regularly, regularly frequent? <laughs> well, it was the you timing. Yourself, it was the timing. Right? You played I didn't yourself. want to sit in 4D. Why? Who's got the funds? Um, I really want water splashed on me and to see everything I in do 3D. I home for free. Everyone in the anyway, everyone in the film is really buff, and it was a little bit stressful. But we have a whole episode where we'll be able to talk about everything anyway. Yes, so look out for our bonus episode, Black Panther special thing. Yep. Yeah. What do you, What are you thinking? Like, do you know that term black excellence that I, I don't know how I feel about it. Okay, I need to expand. I'm lost in the. Okay. Okay. So there's this one Donnie called Drake. Uh, okay, this is a leap. You've leapt, and we were talking about really Black Panther. Not, no, because Black Excellence, and I think that's what 
on the screen was like amazing to see but then also like is black excellence just black capitalism is it like the black bourgeois just like recreating what it is because it seems to be a lot of the time in that um sphere of we've attained this so now we're excellent because we're on the same par of like like rich white people but i don't know it's a different conversation for a different day mm. but back to drake yeah no um diplomatic immunity yes he that was a good point because on um the qu- on the actual tune um i remember the lyrics now actually no i wrote them in our google docs um he wrote black excellence but i guess when it comes to me it's not the same though all goody that just pushed me to the things we all couldn't so i don't you know I, I like to go on um rap genius <laughs> sometimes you know break down the lyrics you know other websites are available but um and it, no it really just questioned it questioned the idea of drake and black excellence he's never included in these conversations and we spoke a bit about this as well we do like the other day because i was we thinking about well, yeah when we're talking about black panther and i was thinking well actually do black americans like view drake as a black male artist and include him in that conversation of like black excellence or like a mixed race artist and i don't mm. know oh, but he's not in those conversations of black excellence and is that because he's light-skinned or is it because he's jewish he's mm. part jewish like does that mean that he's viewed differently or seen as like not in that bracket and mm. also like he's really just in his feelings about it like I don't know. Stay in your feelings. All your feelings are legitimate, but like, it's not the biggest struggle. No. I don't know. It's not every day. And I don't, know. I, don't mm. know. I was thinking, well, is it because he well, he is mixed race? Um, mm-hmm. well, well, he's of dual heritage. He's also Jewish. He's also not North American. Well, he is, sorry. He's not uh, American. He's Canadian. Yeah. So there are other faculties. Is it just involved. like other 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 yeah. um, i don't know there are a lot of other things to think about and also like especially when you look at a lot of like the hip-hop community they're always like drake's a whack artist um mm. and that's sort of been something that's been there for a while and i don't know if that's because of anti-semitism in some communities but i don't know um but anyway i didn't really i didn't rate diplomatic immunity but i did mm, like nah. god's plan hey, the <laughs> yeah how did you feel about, okay so i have mixed feelings about the video okay for obvious reasons you always would have i mean social justice warrior and all you're actually very jarring you call me that one more time i'm gonna kick you you got juice of course what's in it um whatever is in my fridge about to go off i'm joking no there's you really just threw what i was saying about drake no i'm gonna go back to it i just saw mixed feelings because my juice is mixed what a leap always so i've got spirulina turmeric um wheatgrass don't at me coconut sugar it's lit coconut milk um i'm just choking over yeah why why would you put those things together you guys laugh at me when i put spinach or kale and there's spinach in here and there's banana and there's kiwis and there's also cherries and blueberries no there's blackberries yeah i might want to taste this well you really just choked several times at my smoothie so you think you're tasting some i just that's just not anyways also um, like i'm post pneumonia so i'm really wait wait we're dropping too many things now hold Um, on wait hold on hold on it was god's plan Uh, wait, no, the video, the video though, the video. The video. video for me was lit. What do you mean, like? So like, he he, the budget. Well, actually, in land Muslimic, you live your life by the Quran, but there's also like a load of books called hadiths, which are like the guide to reading the Quran, isn't like giving you daily context 
um and in various situations so like there's a lot more stories and like we call them like chains of narration and if there's like a weak chain of narration like some guy lied this one time that whole thing gets like cut out because like he's not a reliable source Mm. um so there's one hadith i can't remember the exact hadith but it basically says that when you give to charity you give with your right hand as if you so that your left hand can't see it as in you give in private and you give secretly obviously everyone gives a cut which is like 2.5 percent and everyone knows of your earnings like every year and everyone knows that you're giving that but if you give additional charity which is called sadaka you're not supposed to talk or brag about it can i also and say be an exhibitionist that's also um, biblical it's also in mm. the bible um when it talks about um giving um if you're giving for the sake of other people to know about it then it's not necessarily giving that's not charity um obviously i'm paraphrasing but um that's what it talks about as well so i yeah. i do i do understand and i did it hit me because it was like well actually he's doing something good like he's paying bills i got bills you want to pay Mate, my bills? i was like mm, can i shimmy over no but like real stories people were going with some real things exactly. and drake was helping and the scholarships like, gave me life as well even though they were being sent into like babylon institutions but it's fine anyway um but i did think well it's like you're doing it and also oh, you, you did there. it you oh, made you your that. whole film like the whole film was about you giving away money and being like but it's quite genius as a marketing technique i must say oh 100 and also like i rated like the to a certain extent telling us how much like that amount of money to spend on one video is a bit mad you know a so like to have that insight into how much people are spending on videos like obviously the black panther video with scissor and kendrick lamar you completely understand why all like the symbolism and it's like it's lit and obviously loads of people have to get paid and like big bucks as well and great because the arts is being funded and blah 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 but also that feels pretty excessive Mm. so i think that was it was nice to see a glimpse into that industry and how much people do generally taste but then giving it all away but then also he has that same line about like she said that they love me i told her only partly i only love my bed and my mama yeah so what's your point like i just found that on a spiritual level oh, my no, bed and it. my mama are you like know what I mean? one and two my dad too though <laughs> 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 um i just uh, i just want to let everyone know that they can get in contact with the show um by calling 0121 270 also or like tweet us isn't it? definitely um at got the juice brum yes um we're also on the instagrams so yes. like i, I like don't know this. what you're gonna do over there like dm us maybe <laughs> comment under one of the photos yeah that be the one of my face tell me i'm yeah no don't okay. um or use the hashtag hashtag you got the juice someone who um who who did get it? in touch with us bexy bex um we just talked hey, about Black Panther. she actually said so wakanda my asian friend said she won't go see the film then don't her reasoning sorry how come and then she said the friend said how come all you black people like okay the, the grammatical errors here but i want to add you <laughs> how come all you black people like will rush to pay to see this film but you won't support all these little black businesses why don't you start there bexy bex was uh she was speechless spinning but also i feel like there's a bit more of a movement of people supporting black businesses now but i don't know maybe that's just in our circles or blah 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 so i hear what she's saying 100 percent. but also is it your not is it your place to say that hmm. i don't know because to a certain extent 
some of the problematic things in Black Panther, which we've just segued back to, like we could actually just talk about Black Panther. But well, we are. We're going to do a bonus episode because like, I've got things to say. Well, I've, mate, I have been writing essays, my G. But then again, are people are doing too much. I feel people writing call essays. Your bean, and blog call posts, your bean. Like a, it's a film, guys. It was a film based off of a comic book. This is not the revolution that has been televised. And Captain Colonialism, aka Captain America, you don't think there are essays you could write on there and what that's trying to do in terms of controlling the masses. Potentially. And the images that you put out for these huge blockbusters and what they're trying to condition people to think and believe so that certain political policies can be pushed through without being questioned. I'm not sure I agree with that per se. Because again, because again, they're just um, presentations of these comic books that have been out there and made back in the day. Oh, one hundred percent. But do you not think that seeing that on a screen, like obviously, if everything that we believe is built up from our experiences and things that we see and we read and we like digest, you don't think seeing those images and seeing like that's why the representation in black panther is so magical because we're like oh well now we can see it like seeing all those other things and all the problematic things and all those other movies makes you feel away and I, it affects how you view like, things move forward. there's a term and i forgot it i really wanted to say it but it's like it's the same thing um i was having a discussion about it earlier in the week it's the same thing in regards to politics and mm. and how people uh, approach news so they tend to watch the watch news or approach political ideals that reflect their own personal things so it reflects themselves as but a phrase that's for it. everyone that's literally why colonialism yeah. happened like white men thought they were superior and supreme and literally like as an after like you can't say that something is subjective it's just it's a myth even in science like racist science was science that was seen as gospel at one point based on the ideas of racist men and their experiences so i did the objectivity argument is that it's a myth for me um that's a very problematic conversation i could we could continue for bear but i just want to say though, i do agree with putting two different conversations in the same space and having that dialogue but that's not objectivity that's um that's narratives and they're having more than one yeah i don't overall i don't think i completely agree I however however, never agree. however the idea of this sub, of subjectivity something being subjective shout um, out lionheart and subjectivity you guys should definitely go to the next event in birmingham <laughs> <laughs> wow um i've black owned um uh, i feel as though that has just allowed people who have not seen representation in these formats give their opinion go full-hearted maybe go overboard in, t- in certain aspects because that representation was not necessarily there that's maybe the only reason why so many people have so much to say potentially or gone above and beyond not to say that they're not warranted for having those opinions but because those things are not out there for us to talk about and to to express then it gives us these opportunities now to do it so maybe a lot of people feel oh like allow it it's not that deep but actually if these things were presented you know in a, in a bigger format and just normal part of life Mm -hmm. maybe we wouldn't have to go as deep and hard as we have about black panther maybe yeah but i feel like my issue is it is that it's been fed as a revolutionary film which maybe it is for a superhero has it though i don't i don't think the plot isn't revolutionary like who said it was do you want me to bring out my receipts like literally there are loads of people not just on twitter but in articles every people like people who have reviewed it are like this is revolutionary yeah 
people have reviewed it. But it's also been fed to us as revolutionary. Why? Because of the representative. Anyway, we're talking too much about Black Panther. We are. We're going to hold all this sauce for our bonus episode. And what are we even talking about today? Because we haven't spoken about it yet. No, but before (laughs) we go into it, though, because you mentioned something and we can't just skip over that. You mentioned pneumonia, fam. Fam, you had pneumonia, fam. Yeah, it was a bit long. Bro. I I didn't even know what pneumonia was till like, last year. Wow. I thought, like, what do you mean? Like, my lungs don't rate me, is basically that is what happened. That is the maddest of things. Yeah. It was a bit long, and now I'm, like, two weeks behind even with work, which is always great. It's not always everyday work. Sometimes but it actually, sometimes. Like, you were actually more... messaging me, like, oh, I, I, I can't go, I've got work to do. I, I, I can't report this email. I'm like, fam. This is a really terrible impression. I know, I know. Do I sound like that? It was funny that? in my head. You're trash. <laughs> I don't know how social justice warriors are sound. But, um... Are you not a social justice warrior? No. <laughs> um, also, you've never answered the question, what's wrong with being a social justice warrior? <laughs> oh, back at it again. Yeah, go on. No, I, it's just a label. I label you. Oh, wow, that's not nice. Yeah. Sorry. You label me. Uh, I don't identify. <laughs> so. It's not every day. Um, no, but it It's is. just a phrase I use for you, you know. Why? Because it's just so fitting. Like, like, literally, we can have a conversation about this bottle of water, and then we can go on to talking about like the oppressive, oppressive for- forces, rather. We just, I don't know, but we always go too far. Water is problematic. I'm not gonna lie. Look where it's from. See, some days occupations in Palestine. Don't at me. Mhm. But I think, yeah, I'm not even gonna say what I think. I yeah, I'd rather because not. wow, I'd, I'd you're silencing, we silencing a woman oh, in the room. Oh, oh yeah, are, are we really gonna We're go spinning? there? Oh, did you? God's plan. Uh, anyway. <laughs> oh gosh, somebody oh, save my, my place. Um, so today we're talking about colorism. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm on a journey with this one. A journey of a learning journey. We all are. No one fully gets the team yeah yeah and also because it's multifaceted like everyone has different experiences of it depending Mm. on where they're brought up who brought them up socialization the people you're around like the racism or the lack of racism that you experience yeah and specifically um we're talking about is it still really that deep um are we like of course it's deep well that's what i'm going to be exploring today not to say that it's not deep but is it still really that deep yeah i mean we've just talked about a film with a majority black cast a second ago we know representation is on its increase for some parts of the media industry you know do does colorism still affect you you listening to this right now mm-hmm. us in this room is it still really that deep so yeah we've got yeah. a lot to say on the topic we've also got bare music yeah oh and also you might hear a little song later on in the in the episode because uh, <laughs> you got the juices heading out, fam. <laughs> we're we stepping are. out. We're going on road mm. um, next weekend. Well, actually, we'll just bring this to you a little bit later and talk yeah. to you about this amazing artist and the big thing she's doing and curating as yes. well as making music. And we will be there. And we will. Amongst and the crowds. There things happening. Definitely. We're going to be documenting and bringing back some conversations, some musicals, just a madness for future podcasts and things. It's going to be lit. Um, but kicking it off though, musically, because um, uh, it goes quite well hand in hand with the subject subject rather that we're about to discuss, um, colorism. For a lot of people, it's quite, um, what's the word? It can bring up quite a lot of painful ideals mm-hmm. and discussions, you know, that are quite scarring. 
Um, so this is an absolute wave of a tune by Rascal. Pete, the remix of the tune on old reggae. Scotch. You can't, you can't. Yeah. I can't, I can't handle. It's waves. I just want to know. I knew I the song before so you though. I know you did. So just, just know that. I just, you're actually Loki Heike cancelled. So play the tune. Come. This is Rascal, a tone of scars.
Song is vibranium. <laughs> Whoa! Like every day. Are we just gonna reference Black Panther throughout the whole of the show? Like, what do you um, mean? No, we're not. We're gonna. I'm okay. I'm gonna stop. I swear. But like, <laughs> no, it's lit. It's lit. My whole chest. I'm in my feels. Um. So colorism. Mm-hmm. Um. Now colorism is a discrimination based on skin color. It's a form of prejudice or discrimination in which people are treated differently based on the social meanings attached to the skin color. Um, yep. But also like. It can be known as colorism or shadism or casteism within like the asian community as well mm. um it's actually i read somewhere that it's a term coined by alice walker in 1982 my um she's like a black novelist um short story writer poet and activist and she wrote the color purple yeah she did <laughs> like mazar um so yeah um loads of things what are your initial thoughts oh mate um what do you mean what are my initial thoughts on colorism it's a thing yeah and it's pro- it's problematic within a variety of different communities mm. and overall i think what you missed out in that um description is that it's usually aimed um and is prejudice or discrimination against individuals with a darker skin tone and mm. the whole reason that colorism sort of exists is to like divide and celebrate proximity to whiteness Hmm. how do you feel i feel as though there's a lot of blurred lines when it comes to colorism colorism i think a lot of people tend to think it's just pointed towards uh darker skin tones but then a lot of people also having discussion now especially because this subject is so prevalent um that it also affects people of lighter skin tone as well Mm -hmm. and people of different communities it's not just necessarily in the black community it's also because we're actually going to talk about that later on in the show yeah it also affects um south asian communities it's it's a global thing evoked from white supremacy yay yeah yeah um you said it on air i did that's calm are you gonna at him no because well i'm not lying is that actually true but i just want to explore is it really that deep like are people really discriminating me to this day because my skin is darker like i want to explore okay how many times have people felt comfortable and called you the n-word in my life Mm. that's none of nobody's business no but the fact that it's happened do you know what i mean like i speak to people who have never experienced that yeah no i have but i've never i haven't experienced it being said to me explicitly i've Mm. always had it said around me in in quote unquote comfortability but why do people feel comfortable i don't know why anyone would feel comfortable actually alia asina with saying that word we've talked about it before i think we should have a whole episode about it so i was reading reading an article about um colorism and the entertainment industry because i feel like that's where we hear about it the most so i think there was something recently where beyonce's father was like if she wasn't light-skinned she wouldn't be as successful as she is and everyone was like oh my god how do you say that about your daughter and like it's true and then we also had this conversation the other day about like people who are light-skinned especially in britain like being accepted and more so like on the mainstream especially i don't know like in fashion and maybe that's something that is exoticizing their their skin color in a way i was also reading an article by do charlie brinkhurst from gaudem um and she was talking about like being on tinder we'll talk a little bit more about like relationships and colorism later but what she was saying is that more time 
you you feel like you're being exoticized because of being light-skinned but then it's also very much something that happens to black people generally of all skin tones so Kula, i'm gonna ask you can you hear me okay Hey, hey, my hey, 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 yeah. Oh man, I felt like uh, <laughs> like the audio version of Crazy T. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. <laughs> like we're now all connected. We're synced up. We're linked in. Hey, Oi, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? We're, well, it's really cold outside, to be honest. So I'm just I'm feeling really like really I shouldn't cold. be in this country, but it's calm. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm flexing my um my brain cells right now. What do you mean? Uh, I had a lovely nap before waking up and tuning into the show, and then I realised that I was going to call in, and I was like, "Whoa! <laughs> Am I actually ready for this? Like, I probably shouldn't have napped right before I listened to this." Naps now you're ready. Things. We know you got this. We've been seeing some of the things you've been saying. Naps are beautiful. <laughs> okay, so for the people, Dem Scully, um, would you want to introduce yourself and what it is that you do before I get into um your um, well, being a part of the story to Dark Dimension, the program for Radio One and One Extra Stories. But who exactly is Scully? Uh, my name is Scully. I am a podcaster, radio host, gang gang, presenter, writer. I guess I work with words, and I also work in music. Cause that's probably the best way to sum it up. Wicked. No, it's lit. Okay, so I know um, that's well. We actually tried um, to bring forth. Um, Antonia, um, who actually put forth the, um, doc, the well, it was like a radio doc, um, to Dark Dimension, Antonia Adunlami, um, which really explored colorism and its prevalence, and also exploring how that affects the music industry, how they, in the music industry, such as artists, and so much more music videos, representation, um, presentation, actually, of Shades of Skin, how that affects us as viewers. And you were involved in that, and um, what, are the, what are your thoughts initially on the topic um, and relating it to when you were actually in the program because I know you've done so- stuff since then about the topic of colorism but um, what was your initial responses um, to dealing with that program about the topic at hand? I thought it was a very interesting thing to talk about in a radio documentary especially on uh, One Extra I thought it was it was a great thing to bring up Antonia is a very smart woman sick to work with them and it's just something that we kind of know exists just don't speak about enough I yeah guess. my question to you my question to you because um, I have I, I asked this question as well mm. to somebody else um, that we're going to because we spoke to them earlier on in the week um, does colorism affect you on a day to day on a day to day yeah I would say yeah it does you know, actually I was about to say probably not on a day to day and I was like actually no nah, probably does but so for example at the moment I'm running in Wimbledon and um I'm a nice guy. <laughs> I'm a pretty friendly nice guy. I'll go for my morning runs and that, and I'll be running through the park, and then I'll come back and I'll get changed. But I still like to wear tracksuits. I'm, I'm still on the ends and that, so I'll wear a tracksuit. I'll be making my way to work. And people, like, they just want to sit next to me on the chain. Like, they, they kind of, like, assume I'm going to be... Fo- like, I still get followed around the shop. People assume I'm going to be a different and certain type of person because I'm a male of a darker skin tone. Like, I have very dark skin. And same same gang gang <laughs> I just feel three. like yeah like it is very lit to be fair like <laughs> like I love hey. but at the same time I understand and recognise that certain people look at me and expect me to be a certain way because I am in dark skin now and also like where do you think that's come from um I guess stereotypes and characters 
black people being I guess we have a stereotype that the black you are the more savage you are like people just expect that like the darker skin you have the more for want of a better word fresh you are yeah. and the fresher you are the closer your proximity to your to your home country then the more savage you are because obviously we know that through imperialism and colonialism there is another idea that countries that don't have western ideals are more savage yeah and also we've seen that like pop up in um the news recently with like all the madness that's been happening with oxfam and the like idea of like white saviors going over to like different lands and still seeing like the dark-skinned population as other and as savage and then shout out to Asian Ross from Black Panther. Pat Pat. Mm, <laughs> wow, is it really a shout out though? Have what do you, you mean? Seen, have you seen? Let's not spoil it. Though. Okay, we're not gonna we're not gonna ruin it. It's but not like, spoiler, it's not. Spoiler. It's not. There's been some really great memes guy. of like white guys dancing to like Afro beats <laughs> and being like. Asian I didn't Ross get in it. Wakanda. I didn't get it. Didn't find it funny. Didn't get it. Just saying. It's not well, a Black Panther. I have. Of course, we, yeah, mate. <laughs> We could like we're gonna yeah. do an episode about that. Uh huh. We might you might need to call in again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not gonna be live on air. Call me up. Call me up. Call me up. <laughs> oh my but I want to go back a second because I know what it's like to go into a certain shop. I don't know what it's like. There's a set. Cliven. Hmm, your chanclas. When you walk in with your chanclas. Okay, Scully. I don't know if you know, but chanclas are Spanish for sandals or, or sliders. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. I tend to use the phrase them not at me because I wear sliders, but that's their business. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> you could have snapped to ankle. Uh, oh. I might up. Oh. Wait, wait, it's called what now? Chancletters. Oh, okay. Well, we're just I mean, uncultured and whatever. I was in Spain and they said chanclas. Actually, no, you know where it's it like from? Accent. You're putting on an accent. No, that's I where, don't. That's where we went wrong. You know where it's from? It's from a meme. <laughs> when they were like, they went to the little girl. I don't know if you know. I can't really. No, it was a vine and they were like, what are those? And she said, my chanclas. Anyway, can't I digress. Yeah. I know what it's yeah. like. Um, I may be wearing my chanclas as I work around certain stores, you know, doing a little shopping nap in the ends. And I know what it's like to be followed by security. I know what it's like, those experiences. And I think a lot of people do. But does that necessarily tie down to shade of skin or is that just race in, in general? I don't, I, I don't think it's just shade because if i was a lighter skinned person but do you think like scully do you think that there's something different about being a man and particularly a black man in britain that means that the experience of colorism is different than like a black woman for example yeah definitely i think uh black skin in men is almost more it's more acceptable because it's uh, intrinsically linked to our masculinity like they expect us to be tougher and to be a certain way still I think it goes back to the savage thing they expect us to be more masculine because we are dark skinned mm. whereas because of that element of masculinity that's linked to having more men in it actually is way worse for black women who are of a dark skin tone because they assume people are basically undesirable and masculine yeah. Because she's a woman who has dark skin, so yeah, it's definitely way, 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 way worse for dark skin women than it is for dark skin. And dark skin men are fetishized to a point like mm. it's even desired. My G, I rate you for saying that because sometimes we have conversations and the perspective of like sometimes it's seen as like being the oppression olympics and um especially between men and women especially black men and women in um the uk and i know like there's been some research that's been done in terms of education as well and it actually flips the script a little bit and was saying that it's 
black men who are worse off in educational institutions because of these same like institutional racism and colorism but black women because they're not seen as a threat in that way are actually flourishing and are like one of the highest numbers in terms of graduates moving forward yeah i would like to if you if you look at basically strictly education especially like when we look at school i think it is worse for uh black men especially young black men based on the fact that if you whether you have a male or female teacher they're going like i said look at you as a threat and be like this is an extreme case but obviously if you look at trayvon martin like he was like how old 14 15 yeah he and was they're like job. oh he's yeah, like he's a grown man, like, oh, he, he's aggressive, like, mm. just he's wearing a hoodie. It's like what I was saying when I got on the train in a tracksuit. Like, when you go to school, teachers look at you like, oh, you should be behaving this way because you're, you're a grown man, like, you're, you're a young man who's doing this. And, whereas, and they strip childhood away from you. That's yeah. it. They take that away and you're sort of forced to mature and be treated as an adult incredibly qu- quickly, while a lot of your peers aren't maturing until, like, their late 20s if at all like let's be real we all know a richer white man who is acting like a child but is way into his midlife crisis Ali's in her feels Scully she's in her feels yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyways, I want to bring it back to um, music because um, you're over there doing bits on Represent oh, with yeah. the Sunday Roast and you recently um, had a show where you were talking about representation, diversity, black women and grime. So I want to focus on music and the music industry. Do you feel as though colorism has a part to play in the music industry in the UK and how we respond to music or view lyrics and music videos? Most definitely. Women who are of dark skin tone are harder to market because we're not at that stage yet. Like like I was saying about with the men, men are seen more masculine, they're seen as almost exotic like it's just it's just fetishized like men can get away with being dark skin and like it's almost like for women they can be marketed to as being a taboo like oh look, look at this guy like he's he's dark chocolate he's out here savage like sexualization isn't it exciting mm. Mm. and also Whereas, comparison to food like that tires me it's not every day yeah. like call it chocolate yeah that's you a bit i find that a bit weird like mm. like now I mean, I don't know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how about that. <laughs> and then women have to look a very certain way. They basically have to be dark skinned, but with Eurocentric beauty features to be considered beautiful by the Western world and the larger world at hand anyway, yeah. because of colorism. So there are women who um, have not got as far as they should have, simply because they are of a darker skin. Who would you like say that some of those are in like the british music scene because i have the conversation all the time and it's really jarring especially with like the culture of like not light-skinned whispery singers just like all like light-skinned people who can't sing but just look like a quote-unquote full package for like racially we shall not you... but what we shall do though I'm um, nah. we'll now wait 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 what we shall do mabel can't sing wow that's so rude. I'm sorry. What we shall no, do though. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, gang, gang. Um, Have you seen her live? Uh, um, the whole package is questionable, but sure. <laughs> 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 
But um, you know what's funny? Because she is in a song with Ray and Steph London. Um, that's just yeah, dropped. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Team Lights Girl. That was tagged as Black British Excellent. Yes. Oh, Where? Now, that was, there was hashtag Ooh. someone. I don't know if it was Ray or I think it was Ray. And Steph London, you know, Ray and uh, Mabel are in the photo together. They're on the same tune. And it was hashtag Black Excellent. <laughs> something along those lines. But then it was questioning to some people because it was like, well... I, well, they could all identify as black women, but they are all mixed in some sense. And then as well, people got onto Steph London because, because of her tweets. Because of her past tweets then about dark-skinned women. Um, so it's, it's all a bit of a mess. But do you not think then that some women actually may benefit from being lighter-skinned in the music industry and no one necessarily no, talks yeah. about it? I'm, I'm saying they definitely do. Like, it's mm. 100% that they're easier to market and get ahead further because of the way they were born which is crazy to think but yeah that's really what it is yeah and like um there are singers who should be as far as they are but probably don't get the same attention like little sims not quite as easy to to market them for example i would have said ray black ray black has amazing videos songs a great voice do you think she can sing better than someone like georgia smith I think George Smith is sick. So we discussed this some represent as well. Um, we understand that George Smith, my friend and my co-host Joe Walker, is a light-skinned woman and therefore desirable and also she's just pretty. But the issue with using George Smith as an example is actually really hard because she actually she's levels. did make two amazing songs. What, like, the song with Storms Blue Lights was one of the songs of one of the songs of 2016 and then On My Mind is one of the songs of 2017 but everyone misses the song with Storms like no yeah, one's talking about the song with Storms sometimes you can have yeah, a bad day at work thing, that hasn't caught that hasn't just like caught on and it's still a decent song yeah like it's a good video and like she is actually pretty like outside of all the other perspectives she's just genuinely actually pretty but more importantly she's actually talented like she can sing and she can write good songs so it's difficult to use her as an example when she actually is mashing work. She's definitely benefited from colorism. Like she's got further because she can be marketed in a way. Do you think there's something around like? Look, sorry to like, but, no, I, but do you think there's something around like exoticizing people because of their proximity to whiteness? And also like with like the example of Ray or like Mabel, for example, the fact that they look racially ambiguous benefits them. yeah that's what I was, I was saying earlier like that's mm. racial ambiguity excellence but um shout out to Ray she can definitely sing uh, she's lit live as well yeah Energy. Ray's a sick singer but she is oh, it's getting techie man, now Scully be careful it's getting techie yeah yeah that's, that's the thing I'm trying to pick my words in a way that <laughs> mad at me um yeah no you could definitely move along further in this world because of the way you look like if we even took colorism out of the equation like we all know pretty privilege exists yeah like there's people who are getting around today better in life just because of the way they look just because they're prettier but okay i'll let you finish i'm gonna chime in Mm because all right i'll chime in now but what about scissor what about, what about her? Sis <laughs> is not necessarily a light-skinned woman. But she's buff. And she's doing bits. So there are a lot of dark-skinned women. Laura Mavula is doing bits. It took her a while. Doing... It took it her took while. Her while. She's Black been out here for time. Be doing bits. I think Ray Black is going to be doing bits, but it took her... It took a lot longer. So long. I saw Scissor live in 2012, mm. and there was 30 people there, literally. Mad. 
But like she was not popping. People weren't seeing her tweet. I was following these times she was tweeting about how like the label don't care, they're not trying to push her. Mm. People don't care. Her singles aren't connected. And it's yeah. interesting how her label has been that. like top dog and how like other people have supported her into boosting that and it's been more so like black people who have supported her to get her to the stage where she's i don't know if i agree with that go on then well she has a very diverse fan base i wouldn't just say it's black people that no but as in the people who are putting her on isn't yeah she does now she didn't before like Mm. nobody knew since were before the weekend Mm. like and that's crazy because she's been having quality songs for a while she's been pushing for a minute isn't that just didn't Mm, I get what you're saying but isn't that just tangible with the type of music that she's making I mean the mixtape tune with with with, um, with Chance like these tunes are not necessarily for popular radio so she might not pull that popular but audience. there's also a difference you're not recognising they're that different from what she's dropping now like I think mm. it's better mm. if you look at her old stuff on SoundCloud I think within the music industry as well what's interesting is I see a lot of young light-skinned girls being groomed from a younger age into a, like the role of like becoming um, musical icons whereas it doesn't necessarily feel like like with Beyonce for example from a really young age she was put into all these different spaces and maybe it's because her skin was lighter I disagree to the fullest well, she was okay, just let's talented talk about, let's she was talk, talented no, let's she talk was about, um, Beyonce and Destiny's Child Matthew Knowles as their manager used to make the other girls get tanned and not make Beyonce get one because she wanted them to appear dark skin so she stood out because he knew colorism was that right music that eventually she would become the solo artist her dad that's wild Hmm. but her dad wrote he wrote a very very telling um article actually i urge everyone to go and read it um and he talks about these topics and but he talks about things that a lot of people within the black community kind of already know as well like a lot of people understand that her and people like her and solange and rihanna um maybe Nicki minaj all of these figures they've done so well because they've been able to appeal to a larger audience because necessarily their skin tone yes but that's a thing that people have known but then again i guess it maybe people just haven't known that or it's just brave of him to talk about it but um scully i just want to know yeah. For, yeah. Oh, sorry, no no, no you don't talk about rihanna i was gonna talk about rihanna do you know remember when she first came out upon the replay yeah yeah and she was looking really her forehead was for big. one of the better fre- phrase again fresh mm. and then she switched up the look again she even went for a more rocky sound on like the second album. Rated R and all of that. Hella, hella more, yeah, hella more guitars and that. And then suddenly she was mad popping in the streets. Mm. And then once she was in, the same with Beyonce. Beyonce only started being like super black like three, four years ago. Mm, do you think and so? people made big fuss about that. People made a big fuss about but that. But also, you know, like... Why like... she putting 808s on her album? Why is she discussing racism on her, on her albums? It was like... Well, maybe right, she felt right. like it was the time or maybe she felt like she had that fan base that now she could expose them to that yeah. but i know that no, she, how she, she did she did and it was mm. very clever like i respect it i respect both of them for it but michael jackson has been doing the same things too he he ha- he was he was saying <laughs> things he's been saying Just things he but has. he's been saying it in a way that is not necessarily that's overt true, with visuals he's, it's not overt in the visuals thing. That's the thing. They recognise that you have to get to a certain level where it's too late. Like they can't control you and they can't yeah. uh, silence you before they say it. Like it's very smart. I'm not cussing Beyonce, Rihanna, or Michael Jackson for those decisions. I'm, I'm agreeing that it's very clever. Like to play the game, you have to win the game, and then once you win the game, you can change the game. You're in charge now. Exactly. They've, they've recognised that. So yeah, I respect it. So Scully, um, 
we could go on for days Literally. but we're limited um <laughs> so where can people find out more about you and all the bits that you're doing out here in these streets i guess medium.com forward slash is that scully but i haven't written for a bit but just follow me on is that scully on twitter and you'll see links to my radio shows my podcasts and when i drop some writing obviously i'll post it on there yes no thanks so much for it's joining it. us we really enjoyed the conversation yeah and we need to meet up Thank because the wave the wavelength your your thoughts are on the same wave so we uh you know yeah for sure we for might sure. Slide through your um <laughs> but yeah thank you so much for joining us Kelly. <laughs> Thank you very much for me, and yeah, I hope to see you guys soon. Wow. I mean, my mind is blown. It's a lot going on, man. Um, so we need a break, you know? Take a break. We need some music calls. We um, talked about the music industry for a minute. We so did. let's spin some tracks. So let's go straight to it. And if we're keeping it Brom-based. Um, this is an absolute vibe. This is from K Faraway with Like. You ask me what I like you like I like the fact you ain't the type to touch I like the fact that you ignore the hype Like the fact that I'll be short but you ignore the hype I like the fact that you low key and you're dodging the light I like the fact you're not stressing your followers I like the fact you wanna get your knowledge up You're normally aggressive but to me you're moving tolerant I like the fact that you're thinking about tomorrow's us Seeing the future your vision is clear I like the fact you look ahead without feeding your fears I like the fact that I'll be feeling you when you're not here I like the way you let the sad movies get you in tears You looks and that's something I gotta mention I pay you most of my time and I pay you my attention I pay for you to tutor me, you could teach me a lesson Only time we're fighting each other, we're playing Tekken Don't know if you're petty yet, it's still early days It's minor cause I'm feeling you in every kind of way Every kind of way, yeah, every kind of way Got no second thoughts, I don't need to contemplate Beside you, I'm outside myself in a different place Feel like I see my future when I'm staring in your face This issue's moving fast, we gotta keep up with the pace Pace, pace, pace
Juice. I just happen to think that's lit. You know what I'm saying? I found a tune. And I'm Shane, man like K4A. Coming through actually on my show. So uh, stay tuned. All that. Interview on SoundCloud. But that was a deep conversation though, innit? Boy. Like, yeah, no, I really enjoyed that. A lot of like I think experiences and this is what makes it real for people so hearing how people treat you differently on a day-to-day literally just because you're wearing a tracksuit and you have dark skin it's mad but it's also like the institutional racism and like favoring white supremacy that's brought us here I heard you read an article and you're dying to share it so I'm just waiting for Am you to I? come, come through with the source Are we I mean it's a bulletin. like <laughs> That's supposed to be the juice arm. You really want to go there? Yeah. Okay, so that it's sound lit. means that it's time for a neutral bullet and something that we've read in and the not me week. And not you choking. I ain't got no juice. I got water today. I had juice, but I finished it. I'm thirsty. Um, well. So it's something that we've read quite recently and um, it sparked us to think about this topic a little bit further. Yeah, and so there's, a, there's two actually, but you go with the first one. Yeah, you don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh, cheeky. Um, so Meghan Merkel has been like dragged into the conversation, um, around colorism, because there was a journalist who said that the British public feel more comfortable because she's hardly black. Mazar. Yeah, because she's not as dark as some African Americans was the exact quote, and it's like a journalist from Texas. So like, who's surprised? Um. Trump states in that what do you mm. think because um, we had this conversation the other day and like the one drop rule and like how do you classify how black someone is and whose role is it to classify that yeah I mean, is that why colorism is an issue perhaps and we did talk about it a little bit in that episode um, about um, being mixed race am I woke enough um, but also there's an issue there because being mixed race isn't synonymous with being of a lighter skin tone and I think sometimes people forget that like for example if you're like Sri Lankan or like Tamil dark skinned and like black for example you're probably gonna be of a darker skin tone and I think the issue with colorism is that often we make them so we make being light skinned synonymous with being mixed race and that's not necessarily always true yeah i understand that but it still affects people across the board um but then again it benefits some people across the board more than others and i think mm-hmm. it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had and we're going to discuss it in a moment um speaking to two people who are from a dual heritage background um and more importantly them being from a dual heritage background where part of their um background isn't black at all it's it's asian it's south asian and this is or isn't white at all because obviously mm. or that's often seen as the default that mixed race is and i don't know whether it's like a particular is it the British default thing. or you just think that no as in like if you ask anyone on the street oh if you're mixed race more time they're going to be like oh so you're black and white i haven't asked anyone have you no i haven't so how would you know someone would have that opinion but do you not see that as like the most dominant depiction of what being mixed race is no within I, society not from my opinion no on, I, I think mixed race is just um being viewed in well, synonymously with lighter skin tone even if you're black yeah i just think it's lighter skin tone across the board because you have there's a lot of opinion oh uh i want to have a mixed race child because they look like this when really you can have a mixed race child and they don't look like that at all they mm. will they may not have the curly hair that you want them to have oh they, may not have the lighter they could eyes. just look white or they could, or just, they look could black. just look black well exactly then what does black looking like you can look like you and be black you look like me because we're both black 
it's just it varies it does and there's a color gradient and also there's always been a color gradient and i think when we do talk about colorism we do definitely have to talk about like colonialism and slavery and how that people became black during slavery so there's always been a variety of different shades across the african continent and like within the african continent there's more ethnic biodiversity than anywhere else on the planet so genetically some africans are closer with europeans um than someone in a neighboring country because of the diversity of the ethnicities within the continent mm, that was so deep i just had to write i think i have to write i know i saw i saw you clock out and then you were like staring and i was like what do you mean well i don't know if like when we asked Scully and he said you know it still affects him him being a black man mm. yeah obviously we get and he's a darker skinned black man and he gets seen differently and yeah. that's aligned with you know fetishization and also aggression at how the black male is viewed yeah. and the black male is viewed as well uh, in terms of hyper masculinity and how we're, we're, we're viewed and stereotyped in that way there are certain stereotypes that fitted to black men of a darker skin tone and those align themselves with aggression and sexualization so I get that but is it still that deep that it affects us on a day to day that's just my gist yeah but um does it affect you you're a light-skinned woman i am it affects everyone because especially like when you see your friends who are of a darker skin tone being treated different to you um and also like mate so going to south africa was like a huge wake-up call and because especially like the categorizations they have there and when you see how post-apartheid slash not even post-apartheid because has apartheid even really finished big up the new president who's actually calling for a redistribution of land because in south africa it's like 95 percent a black population i might think i think it might be 85 percent but they own like seven percent of the land of the whole country that's actually so the new president is calling for a redistribution of all of that um because it's still owned by the majority white people and that was a bit wild but the category when you go and you see how like there's black colored and white there but the white people are also able to be called african but some of the colored people who are asian for example aren't called african and maybe that's because sometimes there's anti-blackness in asian communities and they haven't settled in in the same way but to have the colonizers identify as africans before people of color i don't know Mm. it's just an interesting discussion but also like going there and so here i'd i'm black i'm light-skinned but i'm black my mom's mixed race and my dad's black so i've always navigated the world as a black woman um but you're a light-skinned black woman yeah and sometimes people think i'm asian sometimes people like i'm very aware that i look racially ambiguous what's your point can i get there so here i can say that i'm black and have no qualms in south africa i'm colored so what you're just aligning the fact that in South Africa, the view of race is different and you're tangible to being a part of everybody else. But in in the Western world, I don't know, it's different. Because but no, like, but also to see how... There are so the racism that we exist here is like under a microscope there because of like apartheid and the manifestation of like white supremacy in that space and how it's still sort of like the way that white people talk to anyone who's darker skinned than them is wild um i think that's nice and that's fine and dandy but the question i asked you originally though was does it affect you today in the world you you benefit i do 100 percent, and that is something that can affect people psychologically and mentally as well um but you did raise an interesting um question um well an ideal 
and that um, is about anti-blackness in mm. um, Asian communities and whether that ties in with the idea of colorism or not in a few moments we'll be speaking to Bilal um, and um, earlier on in the week I spoke to someone Lee um, from Backchat London her name Malaika if you're a fan of the show um, you'll be also a fan of her opinions because they're really quite telling into her as a person and the type of person that she is how she identifies herself and her views as being a mixed woman being of dual heritage with black white and asian and her view on how colorism affects her today in this world so this is going back to the pre-recorded interview that i had in the week with malaika from backchat london so malaika you were involved in a discussion on backchat london's episode 10 season three that's right i prefer lighties that's my choice the name of the actual episode <laughs> and in the discussion it explored the ideas of colorism and its impact on popular culture and relationships. Have you ever been like a witness to discrimination of people against other people with a darker skin tone? I wouldn't say outwardly. I can tell sometimes when I've been out of my friends and you can see people taking like an interest in me, for example, compared to my friends who are, I would say, are pretty and I would say are gorgeous. But you can just see sometimes when people are almost like favoring you and you think it's only because you're lighter skin. I mean, it's more kind of silent. It's like silent racism. I think that's the biggest kind of problem. Also, you discussed in the episode this idea that we perpetuate colorism. Um, you mentioned that yeah. it comes from slavery. All the oppression that we've been through and in believing that there are certain beauty standards. Beauty standards mm. involve a lighter skin complexion all around the world. You then went on to saying lighter skin is often favoured. It's only favoured mm. because of what the Western society has taught us. Yeah, um, of course. I stand by that. I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be a bit in your business. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Malika, how do you identify yourself? I identify as, as mixed. Like, for example, if I had a form right now and I was applying for a job, um, you know, as I did the other day, I remember someone asking me, what are you? I always put mixed other because I never want to diminish, diminish like, where, I'm, where I come from. I come from, my mum is black. She's born in London, but she's Jamaican. My dad is of Irish descent and of Asian descent. I would never want to, um, you know, like, tarnish my heritage. And I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. But because I was raised by my mum, a single parent family, and I'm close to my nan, I'm closer to that side. I feel like I can relate more to a black community. How does colorism affect you in the same way that it would perhaps affect um, a, a black woman? A who darker has dark skin, skin woman. Exactly. Well, for example, um, you know, my mum's darker skinned, I'm lighter skinned, she would still see me as black, but, you know, clearly I'm mixed. I cannot ever diminish anything she's ever been through because, of course, if we were both to go for a job, I do think it's more likely that I might get that job over her because I'm light skinned, regardless of my talent. The same way if I think if there was a white person in the interview, they might get the job over me in a certain workplace environment. And I do think that is because the light skin is, is preferred in a lot of societies. Sometimes, you know, people don't, we already know that, you know, black people face discrimination. So I wouldn't want to say I live the exact same experiences. You know, if anything, I, sometimes I get, I get jokes with an Asian or um, that kind of, like a childish kind of level but in a workplace environment for example you know oh maybe my hair straight and going to a ponytail they might think I look a bit tidier whereas my mum with an afro they might think you know she's unacceptable my mum works in retail for example and she's had comments before people have said oh your hair's a bit messy today 
I might not get there if my hair's in a different condition, for example. Now, that's a really trivial thing. We're just talking about hair. But that is actually, you know, comes down to your identity. That comes down to your heritage. That is who you are. Hair is a massive thing, for example, especially for a black woman. So I can't say that I would go through exactly the same things that my mum would go through as a full black woman. But I can understand and I can relate. So obviously someone who who is able to view how colorism affects black people from a person who has a dual heritage background with a black mother do you ever feel conflicted with how the effect is different from yourself and how that would have then affect your mother definitely think it affects all of us because the reality is colorism is not only talking about our race and our heritage it looks actually quite past that and it's straightly it's quite simply your skin tone it is literally comes down to your skin tone and of course I sit maybe somewhere in the middle of that if we had a scale between you know white and white and a darker brown but I, I, I get it I, you can feel helpless but all I can do is continue to educate myself and all I can do is try to be open to what my peers go through what my um, you know what the black side of my um, my family would go through what my friend or mixed race would go through never be closed always be open to it and um, be never think that my story can, can ever beat theirs or trump theirs and oh I went through this you know I'm never going to try and claim more of my black heritage just so I can be part of a conversation I'll be true to myself but I do think that regardless whether you're um, you know one nationality or you are of dual heritage I do think everybody can bring something to this conversation it's just important that we're aware we're open we're honest and we're talking about these things Juice.
it is definitely important that she said that it's, it's important that we're aware and that people actually do talk about it regardless of if they identify solely as 100 percent. and i think there was some stuff in there which is like when you just asked me that question and you spun me um it was literally like what i was going to say around people looking at you more favorably because you're like skin and treating you differently around your friends mm. that's one of the most jarring things about it um and also like we've had conversations with sarah quite often um around sort of like colorism and what it sort of means to be to like benefit from it in a way and that sort of mental effect that that sort of has on people especially when you've had experiences from it might be white people where they've just seen you as black and they've treated you in a certain way as well um yeah because the one drop rule i guess i mean but what's interesting is though is that she doesn't identify um, with okay she identifies as a black woman but because she doesn't have the experiences um, that of, that make up her genetics um, from a South Asian background she couldn't own, yeah. she couldn't comment on those experiences 100% and how colorism works experience. so like when yeah. we talk about it and everyone's experience is going to be different it really is on a case-to-case study we can say overall generally people with darker skin are treated worse because like facts but on like individual basis everyone no matter like how they're socialized who they're brought up with who's around them and the experiences they face are going to have different interpretations of what colorism is and what it means to them yeah um but i want to dwell deeper into this topic from a, the perspective of someone who is from a dual heritage background so on the line right now um we have aka on twitter he goes by tweets by Bilal. hey hey hey, hey. welcome to the show gang gang how cool, you doing cool yeah i'm all right all right how are you we're good well I'm it's thirsty. still bare cold out here um oh, definitely God, should be in the caribbean but the I'm sun is shining <laughs> the sun is shining though i like that blue skies yeah but i've got a scarf and a big ass coat on well <laughs> <laughs> i mean anyways introduce yourself to new star radio listeners yeah cool um so hi my name is Bilal. i am as i've introduced i am definitely mixed race i am mixed um, mostly like asian and caribbean um i'm from london so like shout out anyone from london I've been born and raised in London. Um, yeah, that's really that's a short intro to me. And you have a podcast too, podcast game. And I have a podcast too, and I have a podcast too. Tell the people about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is me and three of my guys from Cambridge, which is where I went to uni. Um, basically, talking about what it's like to go, what it's like to go to Cambridge, and what it's like to live after Cambridge as a non-white man. And um, it's very much based around our experiences and our experience at uni is what brought us together. So we thought our first podcast, which is launching actually on Tuesday, um, yes. will be, yes, talking is addressing um, the question, if you had to go to Cambridge again, would you do it? So that's sort of what we talk about. And then we dive a little bit more into who we are as people, our identity, and then talking about issues that do affect men of colour in London. Wow, enough things yeah. in that. Yeah, um, there's a lot in it, a lot in it. Yeah, and we're excited. Um, send us over links. We'll definitely be we'll definitely be tuning drops, in. I will be putting it everywhere so everyone will see that. So give us a little mm-hmm. bit of an inside scoop before the podcast. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like as yeah, someone from the dual heritage? Like? Yeah, to be honest, um, I was baffled because you know when you apply for uni you have five choices right and my experience is slightly different to other people's i get that people took it quite seriously i saw it as all quite funny um back in the day because i wasn't really planning on going to university in the first place so i applied for cambridge because it was like one of five options and one of my teachers was like oh you could go baby so um i never really saw it as something that was 
part of my life. It wasn't like one day you're going to go to this place, right? So sort of applied as a bit of a joke, didn't really take it too seriously and ended up doing really well and getting in. Um, all that aside, when I was there, um, that, that sort of gives a context to me not feeling like I belonged there in the first place. And um, when I got there, I very much felt alone. So it's a very white place to be, to be honest. I've not really grown up in a white area at all. I live in Brent, which is one of the most multicultural places in the whole of the UK. Um, most people are actually born outside of the UK that live in my borough. So growing to a uni where it was like, I'm going to use the term overwhelmingly white, um, was very different for me. Um, I felt constantly like, and in a, in a good way, and this is, this at the end of the podcast, we're sort of what I come to is a decision where, you know what, definitely it was a good thing for me and I'd definitely go back because, um, because it challenged me and it put me outside of my comfort zone to see people that are different to me and different to the places that I'd grown up, you know. Did that still so, um, affect you having the name Bilal Harry Khan? What, does it affect me now or did it affect me? Did then? it affect you then? Because I think when people yeah. might see the name, they might have yeah. a different response. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like my name, Bilal. I think people get confused because you know, take out my middle name. It's like, oh, cool, he's Asian. Put my middle name in, and people are like, what? Where's he from? It's confusing. Um, That's so what I, I, I want to ask you as well, though. So, how, <laughs> how do you how do you identify yourself, and what is your I, background? How do I identify my my name? Like, how do I call myself? Do you mean? How do you identify? Like, how do I identify? Mm. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I always say I'm mixed race. Um, it's mixed race. What I am. And I don't get into it until people go, oh, but but where from? it's always like the qualifying question right where people want to know the next step i can't just be mixed race i'm obviously mixed with, with people and places so where we're from and i'll talk about it and i always say you know what my dad's asian um, and my mum's caribbean and then if people really want to know and i have to draw a whole chart of the world and where i'm from and we could go back like like you know every generation of my family people are migrants have gone from somewhere to somewhere else yeah yeah i'm sure i learned fractions as a child by talking about what mixes i am all right i want to jump into the blog blog by bilal um on wordpress now there's an Mm -hmm. article specifically um i found Mm -hmm. quite telling actually um and it's a it's light-skinned guys be like yes and it explores the ideals of there being different responses or yeah well expect people might expect different ex- mm-hmm. responses from somebody who is um, a lighter skinned male and you explored the idea that there are some things that are tangible with some things being effeminate so mm-hmm. we're discussing colorism on today's mm-hmm. show before we get into the idea of you being from a dual um, background and having um you know a different uh, different viewpoints because of that dual heritage background mm-hmm. what are, what is your takes on the idea that actually colorism has an effect um, when it comes to being light-skinned and as a light-skinned male you have different responses and different um ex- well, expectations of who you are as a male anyway completely altogether and privileges in a sense yeah yeah i think like first thing to address is the different privileges that light-skinned people do have and i'm just going to put it out there that of course colorism is a thing and of course light-skinned people do have light-skinned privilege and we need to address that um but within that it's still saying that light-skinned people have have privilege um in the sense that they are more privileged than people who are perhaps darker right but still less privileged than people who are lighter or slash white or like white passing um because even within light-skinned people we have light-skinned black people and then we have actually mixed race people and then that's a whole other conversation um i always think that when i first wrote that blog that was a few years ago just by the way when i first did it um, at the time there was a lot Drake was he's not he's still big but Drake was at like the peak of his game right and that was when Drake was like peak soft boy and that's what was going around and um, at the time I was seeing all this stuff on Twitter and social media just about oh light skin guys light skin guys blah 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 
And a lot of that was in the sense of light-skinned guys are full of themselves, light-skinned guys are um, softer guys and that's sort of the stereotype that people had. And I thought, you know what, this is interesting that this is the um, image that is perpetuated. So I wanted to write about it. And in that blog, what I sort of explore is I interviewed a bunch of, of mixed race slash light-skinned guys and I asked them sort of what their experience had been and how it had affected them. And, um, you know, you got all sorts of responses from people saying, well, I felt either I had to play up to this sort of expectation of me or people saying, like, no, I kind of reacted against that. Or just people feeling like, you know what, it's, it's actually unfair to put these sort of, to keep perpetuating these sort of images out there. Um, but I think, I do think that that's a male, that's the way that people see male people. I wrote another blog where it's the same, it was like, it's lighty, is the word problematic or a compliment. Because um, back in the day when I was growing up, was, you know, listening to Channel U, blah, blah, who's that lighty? It's a big deal, um, like, for people growing up who do listen to hip-hop grind and culture. It was, like, it was a compliment that was from mm. internalised white supremacy and internalized racism in a way and obviously we know that now but like it's taken us a couple years to deep that yeah um so so like that culture of like being a lighty it definitely exists because of that Mm -hmm. um and because of the privilege Mm. is it possible to be light-skinned and not a lighty and what, ooh, what do you mean? Like, give me some more. So is being yeah, a lighty a cultural... Is it when you play up to mm-hmm. that privilege and when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a lighty, so therefore I'm better? Is it Steph London tweets, basically? Right, Is it right, that okay, attitude? I but see, can you be light-skinned and not have that attitude? Well, do you? Of, of no, course, I don't have man. that attitude. So didn't you just answer your own question? <laughs> yeah, no, fully. But, like, I just <laughs> want to talk about it a bit no, more. Like, yeah, is it, that, that's a cultural thing. Like the lighty versus being light-skinned and not mm-hmm. of that mentality mm-hmm. of course and i do think um you know it was something that was put out there in the culture what 10 10 years ago maybe even more years ago than that where the word sort of came out and then you started seeing people's like bbm names msn names being like ah oh, lighty blah 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 like light skin gang lighty gang blah, blah blah and i do think that you know people then started feeling like they had to i knew girls growing up who felt like they had to and also felt like you know guys liked me because of that and people played up to it well not all people did a lot of people saw it as derogatory a lot of people like now as we're talking about now people are like okay cool we're not really going to do that anymore i think there's still some young teenage girls who still do that but i don't think people my age are bothered about that anymore so let me um, talk let me talk mm. about you specifically now mm. you have been out here talking a lot when it comes to anti-blackness in um asian communities yep. and um and also being mixed you also featured on itv news package talking about it as well yeah, so I did, I did. for all those who obviously didn't get to uh watch the uh, news bulletin um what what are your views and how does colorism affect um people from a south asian background Yes, so I don't think, one of the things that I tried to get across, which I don't know how well it came across in that little snippet, was that, you know, we talk a lot about um, things that happen our own sort of communities where we are like, you know, mostly, like when we talk about white people versus black people, we talk a lot about that, but we never really look at what happens when it's non-white people with other non-white people. I think this is something that the sort of discrimination levels that we're not really addressing much. So one of the things I tried to address in that that snippet of tv so that actually between asian people and black people there's a level of discrimination that happens there's um anti-blackness within the asian community particularly um which we saw with the nike advert don't know if you saw that nike advert like nothing beats the londoner but i remember 
I came on Twitter like at the end at the end of that day yeah. when I'd come out and there were just so many people, so many comments. Um, yeah, just about that in general. So what I was trying to get across was yes, we need to talk about discrimination between people of colour. Okay, because all, all all podcast episodes we've been talking about this, yeah, and we know we're hearing about the woes and the negatives. But how do we overcome these things? Is it just by having these discussions? Because so far, no one has been able to come up with a resolution to these problems. Yeah, I think we need to talk about them. I honestly think that the more we talk about them, um, the more aware that people become. Because one of the things that I was speaking to, um, even the presenter, the journalist who was interviewing me, that she's Asian, and she was saying, um, you know what, Bilal, like, I actually honestly never thought about it. And I was like baffled because this has been my experience of life. And um, the fact that my experience of life can be something that... Well, no you, one has to... you are a man who has a, a dual heritage, so you are yeah. going to see things from a different perspective. Yeah. So that's why perhaps you wouldn't see that at yeah, all. Yeah, actually. And this, this is this is what I mean. Like the more that we share our experiences and talk about our stories, for some people it's literally groundbreaking, eye-opening news. And um, I do think that the best way, if you're asking like, what's the solution? What's the next step forward? The best way is to use our platforms, man. Use yeah. our social media platforms. I, I just think food needs to be like every table to have like the uncomfortable conversations. I don't know if mm. it's like something where people just hide in food. Wow, really? Basically, like the beginning of your article and it starts with curry goat and rice and peas. So yeah. <laughs> yeah <man. laughs> anyway, yeah. talking about platforms, you have an event yeah. coming up: um, mixed race, Thank identity, you. and relationships. Wednesday, the twenty-first of March, at the mm-hmm. Living Space in Waterloo, over in the mm-hmm. city. I mean, I feel like this needs to come through to Birmingham. Maybe we need to have a conversation with you about no. us and oh, shame let's, everyone let's keeps going over there you know what i mean it's not every day <laughs> but um, lit. we could talk to you for the longest <laughs> time but we're so short for time but do you want to just That's briefly cool. let people know where they can find out about um identity chats with all of this yes um for anyone that's listening that wants to come down or just know like more about what's going on just follow me on twitter just as we said before like at tweets by Bilal. Um, it's like the pin tweet on my page is talking about this event but obviously we can talk about whatever you want yeah that's where to find me it's lit wicked thank you so thank much you so for joining much. us You're lit. we could talk for time and maybe Literally. we'll need to we might have an actual episode where we just talk about anti-black maybe i don't know oh, it's, a, it's a subject in itself we would love to actually have you down in the city or we'll go over there and yeah we'll nef- definitely we'll go need to over there to that there london to the o2o <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um thank you so much for joining us today thank right, you This is our story, this is our fate, this is our kingdom, this is our place, this is our freedom, cut off them chains, this is our struggle, this is our pain, this is our love, this is our trust, this is our daughters, this is our sons, give me back my wings. Oh, give me back my wings, see I just wanna fly again, wanna try you fail, try to try again. Head up in the stars, I promise I'm higher than the right person for the job you hired to fire them. Are we working for the same thing? Same Towards thing. the same goal? Same Are we losing the passion of which we came for? Are we strong but identifying the same flaws? Same Fighting flaws. each other but battling for the same cause? Let me breathe. Ain't got the time to be your enemy. It's just draining and taking up too much energy. I'd rather invest in something that's worth it.
time is precious If it seems to waste it, it's something that you'll never see Hold me to it, everything is just a memory It's getting more distant and ever more distant And I remember I am not off about getting more vicious than ever I'll be fine as long as I got my head up Breathe. I ain't prayed in a minute Before you judge me, hold that thought and let me finish For a long time I thought that praying was just asking for things Like the road to riches and diamond rings But now I know that I just gotta be thankful Blessings every day, I got my hands full Lessons every day, I'm learning from all angles Mum, stop stressing over this shit I'ma handle Don't you know, you see me got you, I ain't even got to say it The album's here, I hope you love it, hope you play it I know you knew this day will come, I know you prayed it Can't wait to look at you and tell you that I made it See, it's amazing Good things come to the people that wait and I waited Tell me that you believe the quote above I stated Nobody handed me a dream, I had to chase it I had to be business-minded and put aside my feelings I had to find my own truth, my own meanings Wrote this in the same page and at the start in. Had to dream big, had to look beyond my ceiling Do you feel it? Feel it. Hand on my heart, if only you could feel the way it's beating I mean it, I mean it This is the type of music that ain't ever gonna sell Well, should've never ever told me that Should've never ever told me that What if I prove you wrong, tell me now, could you live with that? No, you wouldn't wanna live with that I ain't saying this will go to number one, no, I ain't saying that I know you know that I ain't saying that I just wanna do this all for my people I'll press, give you realness every time Nothing more, nothing less, and it goes that No time for these low lives I'm onto something big with thanks to the most high But I'm more relentless and less defensive, it's in my mechanism Don't give a f*** about co-sides, never scared of giving them something that's too real They don't have to play this, I know that you will, and you will huh. No, you can't ignore it, many of us want this life, but just ain't caught up for it yeah, yeah. So don't you ever, don't you ever Forget who told you this, no, don't you ever, don't you ever See, this is for your kids, yeah, don't you ever, don't you ever Overlook this here Message. This is our faith, this is our voice, this is our names, this is our new, no we want change This is our sun, this is our rain, this is our win, this is our fail, this is our hands, how can we help? This is our heaven, this is our hell, this is our story, this is our tell, our tell Oh my days. We could keep going on with the show, but we can't limit We really could because we're going to get chucked out in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like the time is not. Nice. No manners. Um, but anyways, big news. Um, we're actually going to be, I feel like a drum roll. We're going to be um, a part of the old press um, at we Little, are. Little, you know, Lil Sims. Look how Sims. Um, her event. We're going down to. Roundhouse. The Roundhouse because my G. I say my G, I don't know her. No, but no. she's like one of my faves. Little Sims. She's performing and she knows she and has she her own curates, festival. Welcome yeah. to Wonderland, the experience part two at Sunday, the 4th of March. So we're going to be down there um, doing the most. Talking to people, listening to the musicals, living our best lives. Yeah, yeah. The it's lineup it. is a bit mad, you know. There's Koji Radical, there's Little Sims, there's Taiwa, there's I Am Nobody. Have you seen the like the big gun she's brought through this time round? No. It's very much an excitement. I'm Sistrin are also gonna be there talking to things and doing a panel. So we might also talk to our brethren over there. It's gonna be lit. I'm guest. 
I'm guest. We're all very guests. And Sarah will be there as well. My G. It would be absolutely. I love Sarah. Great. She's my favorite. Okay, that's rude. Well, facts. I don't know if you actually. Wait, did you mean to say that around me? <laughs> it's all out. Sorry. Oh, wow. Anyways, Juice. thanks you guys for tuning in for all the tweets that we couldn't read out. We're, it was a bit of a hectic one today. You know. But don't worry, we will stay tweet lit, them. We'll stay tweet tweeting. Them. Yeah. Stay and live locked. your best lives. Uh, yeah, and keep finding out who got the juice. Oh, that was lit to end off. It wasn't. Wow. Bye. Yep. Juice, 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 juice. Yep. 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 Juice, juice, juice. Yep. Juice, 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 juice. Yeah.